0: what's going on folks it's thursday night you know what that means it's your big gold belt wrestling podcast we are here after another week of drama rumors innuendo behind the scenes shenanigans i don't even know where to start but we're gonna get into all of it right here tonight so stay tuned folks it's your big gold belt wrestling podcast How's it going everybody it's your guy will here on another thursday night with the big gold belt wrestling podcast we got the giant crab jamal over on the other side of the screen here we got Damien g down below how's it going gentlemen
1: hey good it's been a day
0: <laughs> it's, been a it's been a week of for-
2: professional wrestling
0: i i know it, it we we cannot go a day or, or, or maybe even a half a day or an afternoon without just never ending drama. And I think we're going to get into a bunch of that tonight because there is drama, almost like soap opera-esque drama in some cases that I think we'll be getting into <laughs> tonight. But whether it's happening on in front of the camera or behind the camera, there is something happening in the world of wrestling. So we're going to get into it tonight, folks. Thanks for joining us. And I guess to start out, we got to talk about last night in Cleveland. Last night in Cleveland, I think, is the starting point because AEW had quite the episode of Dynamite with a big unification match that people had a lot of expectations for and, I guess, high hopes and all kinds of scenarios in their head about what might happen when CM Punk and John Moxley met up with their respective aew titles and interim championships and they were going to get together and unify this thing and then lo and behold uh i don't even think they were in there for five minutes (laughs) and things wrapped up very tidy and quickly and a lot of people seem to get thrown for a loop and that takes us to where we are now where there seems to be all kinds of drama going on but to start out i think we start there with the unification match and uh what the heck is going on with uh, AEW and their world title. So uh, Damian, I, th- I think you saw the, saw the show last night, or at least saw the, the title match. I did make a point of looking this morning on YouTube because they have posted the match in full since there is not a whole heck of a lot to it. So it's an easy YouTube <laughs> viewing for anyone yes. out there that wants to look if they have not seen it yet. But let, let's, let's start with Damian G. Thoughts on what the heck went down last night in Cleveland with AEW world title?
2: So you know how like now wrestling is being involved with gambling and you can bet on certain things now? If the length of match was a part of a parlay bet, the vast majority of the humans would have lost because I did not have three minutes and 35 seconds of match time in my bingo card for last night. I sat down, got comfortable, poured myself a glass of wine. I said, hey, I'm gonna watch John Moxley, who I'm like Jamal now, I can't really stand versus CM Punk, who I'm over. So it's like, man, let's just get this shit over with and just get the feud over with. Much to my surprise, three minutes and 35 seconds later, it was over. And I knew something was gonna be over the minute he did the kick and grabbed his foot. Obviously, the only thing we didn't understand was whether it was kayfabe or not. But I thought they were gonna do the angle of like, he's gonna power through because he's a fighting champion. No. They had my man Moxley just elbowing the shit out of Punk, and I thought they were going to stop it there, like a referee stoppage. Mm-hmm. Only to hear only for Moxley to hit two butterfly suplexes. Let's be honest here: that Deaf Rider, Pale Rider—that's a weird <laughs> butterfly suplex, not a DDT. So everyone who's calling that Spike DDT, get your terms right. There was no so,
0: spike involved on that.
2: <laughs> no, it was a float over. But uh, all that to say, surprising, yes schlocky also yes a bigger picture yeah but whether or not to pull jamal i care no i don't care i'm glad the feud hopefully is over hopefully phil because someone made a comment online would say that mr brooks when he spun and pivoted it was a heel turn No, and that could be the start of the heel turn of punk which again i don't care but it would give aew something to talk about that isn't soap opera-esque
0: oh there you go there you go now giant crab Sorry. did you did
1: you see the match or not ask me if i watched the john moxley match go and ask me i did <laughs> I, I know where dig. this is going i know i mean look the, the long and short of it is because no i i, I just can't watch a john moxley match at all um uh, he flares my colitis So the bottom line is, is that I'm glad that this feud is over. At least that's what we think is going to happen because Mm -hmm. who's to say that they won't come back with some uh, BS rematch or whatever, none in a week um, at the pay-per-view or hell next week in Chicago. Uh, It's kind of of hard to imagine that they're doing three straight shows in Chicago on different days and CM Punk isn't gonna be a part of them in any way. Um, and then of course, where do they go from here? Um, is punk actually ready to compete in, you know, in a real way? All of these questions, we just kind of have to wait and see. I think that maybe I don't know. Listen, I I really didn't watch the match. So I can't say if punk was lost, uh, you know, queen, quickly because of the fact he really can't go they they know that he's not going to be able to come back full time after a while and instead of having him just drop the belt he just lost the belt and he can what? use the excuse later on that well i had a broken freaking foot because yeah you didn't beat the 100 percent me fight me at 95 percent at because i'm still 50 um it is what it is now the smart money is Where does Moxley unfortunately go as champion from here Uh, to hell? I hope, but realistically, uh, he's going to have to pass through Chicago. Who does he face and why? Uh, there's, you know, some number one contenders. And this is my biggest gripe with AEW champions is that no one wants to be champion. (laughs) Like they have a champion. They have the, the, uh, the win-loss record. They have their top five that comes out every Wednesday but no I've not seen too many number fives go yeah fuck that I'm skipping a lot even on uh, Dynamite last night what I did see was um Lee and Strickland go hey we like you guys and we want to give you a shot not because they're number one but because they, they because they're cool I mean how magnanimous of the champions but the bottom line is is like well, wait a minute why are they why are they pursuing challengers and not the other way around so I don't know who challenges Moxley for a title. I don't know how long he keeps the damn thing. I don't know if Punk is actually ready to go in a a manner that's befitting of what Punk says he wants to do. Uh, He keeps talking about riding until the wheels fall off. Well, sir, you have one leg. Are the wheels off yet? So if if you're interested, it's just going to have to be a big wait and see. But the bigger underlying issue is no one really wants to be champion. (laughs) <laughs> so even if it is Moxley's second reign, who who does he face and why aren't people lining up to face him? Now, conspicuous in his absence of all this is Adam Page. Now, you mm-hmm. would think that maybe he has you know, punk brought his name out for a reason. Mm-hmm. You think that maybe he might want to get involved, you know, for the reason, uh, you know. Well, no, we haven't heard from him. Kenny's busy with other stuff, uh, the trios tournament. Um, eh, I would like to think that Hobbs, no, Hobbs is big, uh, busy with Ricky Starks. Christian's busy with Jungle Boy. Jericho's busy with uh, Brian. Who, who's the number? I mean, it doesn't that It doesn't really matter who the number one contender is. Who's available? Right. <laughs> who's left? So, so who's left? So that's kind of where they are. And it's really, I know there are a bunch of names that I didn't call, like I didn't say Miro. We don't know where the hell Lance Archer is. I know I think he's still in Japan. Um but next he was in the G1. Yeah. yeah. Um so I think he's still doing work over there. But realistically, that's kind of I don't even think they've backed themselves into a corner. It's just the unfortunate hole that they find themselves behind, uh, in where there just isn't that competitiveness where you go I know what you I know what it says, but I'm next oh no you're not next i'm literally next because i'm number one contender all right let's fight about it that's how you build storylines it's very simple you have a blueprint it's called the top five rankings (laughs) but like my hatred of moxley aside it's just that this it's the unfortunate cycle of ineptitude that we find AEW champions in, where it's like i'm the champion yay (laughs) and no one cares (laughs)
0: <laughs> I swear, like, see, your your feelings for Moxley are my feelings for Punk. I do not watch CM mm. Punk matches, but I made the exception this morning when I heard how, how how absurd. This match was, and like I heard people joking this morning, it was CM Punk reliving his disastrous run in the oh. UFC. <laughs> i just coming out there and just not working out. And now whether it was, you know, whether there's a real injury involved, I don't know. If the foot is still bad for real, I don't know. Is it storyline that we're going to build off of? I don't know. But no one, I think, going into this match saw it going that way especially with the way they've put punk on a pedestal since getting there and this was a unification and all that and the whole mystery of what's going on with you know this pay-per-view we have coming up in 10 days and that i think was the big thing coming out of it is that match ended and it left people just like what the hell was that and what the hell do we do now because it's like okay we have our now undisputed champion in john moxley But uh, the guy that he just wrestled, that's the only other like hot commodity outside of maybe Hangman Page, who wasn't even on the show. Like he appears to be in no condition to go. And we got a show in 10 days. And that's the part I can't figure out here is like, is there going to be some promo for Punk that's like you were saying and be like, well, my foot wasn't, I wasn't ready or, you know, I twisted something and I need another I want one more last shot in my hometown and you're going to give it to me. And to me, that's like, that's a load of crap right now. After after the way that match went, it's like, why shouldn't even you be begging
2: another? for it? Yeah. yeah, he shouldn't even it's be like, begging for one.
0: Exactly. It's like if it was a close match, you know, they went for like, you know, 20, 25 minutes and then the foot gave out. Then it's like, OK, you can put your hat on. You were competitive for a long time. And then this happened. But Correct. that's not what the story last night was. Last night, the story was you showed up you couldn't go and the guy who's been interim champ all summer he steamrolled you so mm-hmm. that's where I don't see if they're gonna do that match again which we just don't know yet but that's the speculation if they're gonna do that match again it all out I don't see how we get there in a way that like is compelling and makes sense other than if they're just going with the idea well it's CM Punk and John Moxley and that's all that matters and maybe to their fan base that is the case and that's all that matters it's just I don't, the name I don't versus it. the name but i don't yeah one. for me i don't see it but
2: yeah. I, don't, I, don't I think see it. i think what i i think what i've noticed the only way to pull this off if you want it to be punk moxley again it has to be gimmicked the match would have to be gimmicked a street fight or some sort of like protective angle chicago street fight or the other angle you could do is you know what people have suggested Who's been missing from television all this time? Goldberg. Next, Well, beside him, <laughs> uh, from AEW, MJF. Eh. What a perfect way. I know. But you're, you're, if punk's truly hurt and no one's really available to fight mocks, why not bring back MJF in Chicago and him trolling them saying, oh, you thought it was going to be punk? Ha-ha. <laughs> you know, and then getting like all this. Massive Heat. And then he's the one that takes it off of Mox. Because if you listen to reports, the original thing was he was supposed to take the title off of Punk after that scathing promo. But do you even need a main event? Because people have been throwing this around today, and I've argued a little bit. Do you need your world title to be the main event of this show when you're really focused on the trios? Because Kenny and the Bucks are a household name for AEW fans. That's enough to sell the pay-per-view. Hell, that's
0: what so, closed the show last night and that's that. Exactly. What I, the feeling I got at the end of that show last night was like, oh, Kenny and the Bucks, Trios titles, that might be the main event. And who knows if there's even a world title match on the show, but that kind of brings us to the the larger question at hand here, which is what's going on with the All Out card and the build to it and where it stands and Our general thoughts on this, Jamal, I know you got you got a lot of thoughts on this here as far as like what's going on and the state of things. So I'm going to throw this to you right away to see uh, how you want to handle this.
1: Yeah. So so here's the thing. Uh, The trios tournament is right now down to the elite versus the United Empire of New Japan pro wrestling. Uh, On the other side, it's and they will face either the Dark Order or the best friends. Do you I mean, like and correct me if I'm wrong. You mean to tell me for 50 bucks, the main event for their number one or number two show of the year, depending on which one you think Double or Nothing is and versus All Out. If you're telling me that the main event is going to be the Elite, because we know the New Japan guys aren't winning, versus Best Friends (laughs) or the Dark Order. I don't I, I don't know if that's the main event. I mean, like, like, realistically, I don't know if that's the main event. Like, Kenny coming back for his perfect view, sure, whatever. I don't know how that's the main event. And then that's the best option because the Elite could lose. And apparently there's some beef between Kenny and Will Ospreay. Personally, I don't watch New Japan. I have no idea who Will Ospreay is. I thought it was a bird named Bill. But it's whatever. The Whatever the thing is, it is what it is. I don't care. So what if they win? What if the New Japan guys win and they go to and they face the dark order or best friends. You tell me that's your main event. So either one of those things, I, I just don't see happening. Um, and, and the trio tournament has kind of been kind of meh because Kenny came back, unfortunately. And well, you have the
2: trustbusters the in it. Yeah. So, give,
1: yeah. Just, meh. Yeah. Just, just give them the belts already. Like, why are we even doing this? But fine. But as far as the build goes, I know a lot of people are just kind of wondering, well, The show is uh, in 10 days or so. Uh, You know, we have three, two big shows next weekend in Chicago. Um, What do we have? And quietly, they built a car. You know, there's eight matches listed on the show's Wikipedia page. Um, I would assume that maybe three to four more matches get added, giving them a total of 12, 11 or 12, which is on brand for an AEW pay-per-view. But you have... Uh, the winner of the trios tournament, you have uh, a tag team tournament, tag team uh, match with um, the Acclaim versus Strickland and um, Keith Lee. Uh, you have the casino ladder match, which is a thing that's going to eat up a lot of time. Uh, Brian uh, Danielson versus Chris Jericho, Christian cage versus jungle boy, which, you know, that's another thing too. I totally forgot that that thing was happening because they basically set up their batch and was like, ah, fuck it to the pay-per-view. Um, Starks and Hobbs is going to be a, is going to be a match, and then you have the six man match between uh, Lethal and Impact versus uh, uh, Wartlow and FTR, uh, and then you have the four way um, fatal four way women's match between to decide the, the interim uh, AEW championship because Thunder Rosa uh, is out with injury but isn't relinquishing the title, so they're going to have a unification match somewhere down the line. That's actually not bad. I mean, that's not that's not fifty dollars, but it's not a bad card. And that still doesn't include, you know, um, the TBS championship. That still doesn't include, well, obviously the TNT champion is not going to be in a title match, but it, there, there are things to be there, there are things to add. So I think surprisingly, somehow, some way, they've actually built a competent card that's a little bit more special than a very long episode of Dynamite, which is, which is good. And I think that this actually could turn out to be a pretty well-rounded pay-per-view despite how seemingly bumpy it is. And I think you just kind of got to get used to that. You kind of got to get out of the habit of the WWE style of booking of Mm. regurgitating the same bullet points so that you know what the card's going to be and then can't predict the card in the end and then get mad when they don't fantasy book the way you envision it. Uh, That's not what we have here. We actually have some drama. We don't know what the world champion is going to do. We don't know what CM Punk is going to do. Adam Page is still missing. And then we have eight other matches that we do know of. Well, hot damn a week before the pay-per-view, you actually have to watch the go home show. That's what a novel idea. So That's in, very old school.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: In, in that regard, I kind of got to tip my hat to AEW because quietly, very quietly, they have managed to book a competent card, but keep their aces, their 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 house um, uh, face cards close to the chest, and have leave you with enough more questions than answers going into the pay per view. Where you know what, you might just have to buy the goddamn thing. I hate to say it, considering what the reports say is a just a mess pot backstage, but somehow, some way, Khan seems to pull a rabbit out of his ass again. And i got to give it to them. I mean, you got to give the devil his due. No matter what you think of the company or or what's going on backstage or the drama that we'll get into later, um, they've actually managed to do two things. Give you the card that you would want to see, avoid the dirt sheets of spoiling everything, avoid the fantasy bookers on Reddit from spoiling everything, (laughs) and have enough in the pocket to make you wonder plausibly and keep you guessing. And that is... That's a, that's a masterclass of storytelling. Whether you regard whether or not you you agree with the what the story is, with right. just the actual fundamentals of carrying that out is, you know, a one. I got to give it to him. I'm not spending fifty dollars on it, but I got to give it to him. <laughs>
2: Right. And a couple of weeks ago, we even talked, sorry, well, real quick, we even talked a couple of weeks ago on the show that the card itself didn't seem all that to write home about. So in the span of two weeks, they've actually, like you said, built a quietly good card. But the problem here is, is, is this a pay-per-view card? I'd say the same like you, this seems like a very stacked dynamite more so than a pay-per-view card. Uh, that's why maybe they we're going to get some sort of swerve for the world title. Maybe we get some weird Royal Rumble kind of thing. I don't know. But is suspense enough to sell a wrestling pay-per-view without, yes. without anything? It, that's
1: the, but that's the thing. That's why I kind of got to applaud the gamble because we literally don't know and we we can't even begin to speculate in any direction. So what? the bottom line is Connor's putting it back on the fan. Put it. Put your money where your mouth is. Do you want to know what happens? There's a $50 cover charge to get into that, to get into that <laughs> space <laughs> to, get to know what happens. Yeah. And in 2022, with the 24-hour unblinking eye of the internet and all the sleuths online, that is actually pretty fundamentally impossible to pull it off. And yet here we are. In the span of, what, two or three weeks, we were talking about this. And we went from, I don't know what this is, to, well, wait a minute. They actually have something to... Maybe in seven days we go, well, hot damn. This is actually a thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. By next week, I would think I would think by the end of dynamite next week, they gotta have tipped their hand enough that we know what the hell the main event is. And if it happens by dynamite, then you still got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you still got three days there before the show happens. And I mean, as far as, you know, the pay per view, it's like people buy that the day of. So that's no that's no big deal. And then potentially
2: the buy-in. Because, you know, the buy-in is going to be about an hour and a half, two hours long. So you could probably do more public, you know, uh, promoting on the buy-in.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think the only thing it might be affecting is the show is not sold out in Chicago. But that's really, I think, a victim of how they did the tickets for it, because they made a number of the tickets that you had to buy for all three shows. You had to buy a package for Dynamite, Rampage and All Out. And if you couldn't, there was only so many tickets set aside that were just, you know, for the pay-per-view. So the tickets that are apparently remaining are tickets that are all package deals. And maybe they can change that between now and then. I'm sure they'll unload those tickets one way or another. But it is interesting that this is the rare AEW pay-per-view that is not sold out completely beforehand. But I think that's just due to the formatting of how they did the sales. But I think by next Wednesday, we got to know what's up. Some people I mean, seem to think they need to do it sooner. So, uh, nothing seemed to be revealed on what they taped for Rampage, but you never know. Something could be inserted into the show. Well, there could well, be something Well, Rampage some sort next of, week is live. So, I'm, talking, I'm talking tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's Rampage. No, no, no. Yeah,
1: right. I understand. So, so, they don't have to give away uh, the cow tonight or tomorrow night right. uh, because they're doing two live shows. Um, and also, they usually do that where they're going to probably have a special um, episode of Dark on Thursday. Because they're going to tape elevation uh, before dynamite, and they're going to tape another. They're going to tape next week's dark before a live rampage. So I'm willing to bet money that they're going to, you know. And then of course there's the road two, and then there's the countdown, and all the other YouTube stuff that they never really talk about. Um, so there's definitely a lot of time in the in the end of next week to hype the pay per view. Uh, with that said, though, especially you know with, with a live rampage to actually you know book in the pay per view type, uh, the real question is, uh, you know who what's going to happen with the world champion? People seem to think that that has to be on the show. Uh, people seem to think that traditionally it has to main event, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but realistically, who's left? Uh, will a New Japan guy come in? Will an Impact guy come in? Um, and again, this is Kenny and This is uh, John Moxley, not Kenny Omega. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this grand lineage of, um, you know, who's who back from Japan. It, it really could just be somebody else that you know maybe you didn't think of. I'm not saying that we get like Nick Aldis or anything like that. Oh God, <laughs> although please no. no, I would no. I'd rather see
2: Aldis. Trevor Murdoch. No, 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 no.
1: Oh no, no. Get me wrong. I would rather see Trevor Murdoch too but I would love for it to be Nick Aldis. Um but, but no, but that is the thing. Like, we we just don't know. So it's actually rather compelling storytelling if you allow it to be. And I think part of it is, is that Khan is going, nope. you Hey, we've, we've unwrapped the cookie jar. You can see how many cookies are in it. You can't have any until Sunday, damn it. And also it's $50 to open the jar.
0: <laughs> the origami <Oregon laughs> is... Slowly unfolding, it's there. You can see it taking shape, but you still can't tell what's a head or a wing or a leg right. or something. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> it's there. coming together. Good, good on, on him. Uh, we will see. We will see. So, so, b- so let's uh, bottom,
2: we, before we go to break, let's bottom line this: if the card okay. stayed the way it is and there was no world title match, would that be a disappointment for you all?
1: No. Oh. You mean to tell me that I get a decent card and no John Moxley on my (laughs) pay-per-view? Fuck, I'd give him $50 (laughs) for that.
0: If it's no Moxley and Punk, then it's a win between me and uh, Jamal. Okay, that that,
1: that,
2: that (laughs) was going to be my next thing. If if neither one of them were on the pay-per-view card and they just did a promo, would that be enough?
1: I'm actually looking for this, because they normally show it in a movie theater. If there is no Moxley on that pay-per-view, I will be going to Tyson's and and watching that (laughs) on the big screen. I haven't done that before with AEW, but um, I will get me uh, hideously salted popcorn, fight off a stroke during that five and a half hour pay-per-view, and get out of there at midnight because why not? (laughs) What a time.
0: Well, I think the big question will be when we have our show next week, how much we learn by then. We can revisit this at that point as far as where the show stands going into next week and going into all out weekend. So we have another show between now and then. So we'll see how much uh, we learn between here and there. So we're going to go to break folks. When we come back, I think we're going to get into the drama swirling around AEW before we get into some other talk with WWE and some returns there this week, but drama backstage and whether it matters at all coming up after the break, folks stay with us. It's your big old belt wrestling podcast.
2: If you're looking to expand your podcast reach, your website reach, as well as your social media branding, visit BigGoldBelt.com for sponsorship and advertising opportunities. Big Gold Belt Media is the golden standard for all of your media needs. We offer pre-roll and mid-roll ad spots, on-air host reads done by yours truly, Damien G., on audio as well as video platforms. For inquiries, please email biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com for more information. Again, that's biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com for your inquiries for your business. Big Gold Belt Media, wrestling, movie, comics, and more. The Golden Standard.
0: All right, folks we've made it to halftime and you know when we get to halftime that means one thing it's time for giant crab to tell us all about the big gold belt in the spotlight of the
1: week yep so the big gold belt in spotlight of the week is from garden state uh, pro wrestling that is up there in monroe new jersey this time uh, central jersey if you've ever been to six flags you probably passed through monroe uh it looks like Pretty goddamn good show called Thy Kingdom Come. It's uh, this Saturday, August the 27th uh, at 7 p.m. And it's going to be one of my matches that I'm really looking forward to is Lufisto versus Willow Nightingale. Always good to see Lufisto in the ring. Um, Sunny Kiss versus Kid Bandit should be very interesting. Uh, Balianaki, who's you know, on excursion from Japan versus Tony Deppen. That should be fun because they're two technically sound fundamental wrestlers, then that's the type of stuff that I love. Um, the triple Threat, uh, Michael Oku versus Titus Alexander versus Matt Sidell. Uh looks like a lot of fun and, and some more goodness for you. It's Garden State Pro Wrestling, Thy Kingdom Come, up there in Monroe, New Jersey, that's at number four, Farrington Boulevard, Monroe Township. Uh, if you wanna put the zip code in your GPS, 08831, you can get your tickets at Eventbrite. If you want to find that, head to over to Garden State Pro Wrestling's Twitter uh, at, at Garden State PW on the Twitter machine. They have links to all their ticket uh, information. Uh, tickets are between $20 and $40. So get them fast because they're not going to be too many tickets left, but there are definitely some matches of interest. And let's say that you can't make it to New Jersey because it is the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. Fight TV, they got you. Uh, Doors open at 6, show starts at 7, or from the comfort of your couch on Fight TV at Garden State PW for tickets and other information. And that's your Indie Spotlight for this week.
0: There we go. Good times in the Garden State this weekend. I I swear, every weekend there is at least four or five shows that happen in Jersey. (laughs) Without fail, somewhere, somehow, there will be Indie Wrestling in Jersey every weekend of the year, one way or another. All right. So let's see.
2: (laughs) Let's get back to the soap opera at hand. I know. I know.
0: It's like, it's like if we didn't have enough AEW talk already, like in the last, like, I want to say it's been the last two weeks, but in the last God, 48 hours, maybe, or really besides the show last night, the amount of drama that has ramped up about supposedly the backstage of this company and People not liking each other and people not getting along and people getting suspended and different clicks. And, and, and it's like a high school drama all over the place. And it's leaking out, you know, into, I guess, the interwebs with, you know, people are commenting on it. And we have different stories, whether it's Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara or Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hader and just. It's a nonstop story. And of course, all the CM Punk drama that supposedly played in the last night, too. What's going on with him and Hangman? That, that was last week. So there's this this swirl of drama going around AEW. But I think the big question is, does any of this actually matter in the big picture? Because everyone's talking, but does it actually mean anything? So who wants to jump in here first on this? Because there is just Damien, get in here. You do take it away.
2: I'm gonna treat this like I treat most things in sports and say this is just typical behavior in sports where there is backstage drama that we don't hear about unless Adam Schefter breaks it or Adrian Wojciechowski breaks it on ESPN. Uh, That is how I look at it. But remember, Swole tried to tell us it ain't all sunshine and rainbows back there. And everybody didn't listen. Well, mostly everybody didn't listen. So now we're starting to see the cracks in Tony being the one-man booking committee one-man show because if you remember he took I believe he took like creative control away from the Bucks and Kenny at one point and then once Cody left like Cody was viewed as almost like the policeman backstage you know just making sure that things were running as smoothly as humanly possible so now we got the football season coming up you know Jacksonville Jaguars you know the football season you know is always gone going and you know the, the cons have a a stake in that and then we have the the little brother of roh so there is a lot of stuff on tony khan's plate he must down a lot of red bulls because there is no way in hell i could balance all these things but is he burnt out does he have a connection problem because didn't we just cover the fact that he hired like five new people or or five people to do yeah. all this backstage shenanigans to deal with this stuff and tell it relations
1: so, yeah you gotta streamline those positions
2: right so why are we now having to hear news about him doing a behind the scenes meeting regarding tampering sending out a sternly red email i believe to wwe about tampering charges to cease and desist so do we have a mole backstage that's just like you know what this shit sucks now or has it always been that way and we're just now hearing about it and to not say i don't care i'll say i'm not surprised because in every form of sport or entertainment there is a lot of infighting we don't hear about it just so happens to now be oh it's about aew's infighting outward to the public and not even the zealots of AEW, can really come to defense of this. Because if we recall, a lot of people were sucking at the power teeth of Tony Khan as of what, three months ago? After the ROH, you know, fiasco now with Gresh, and now we see what's really happening. Yeah, not surprised. Next story, please.
1: Yeah, so uh, my, my day job, I do blue collar work in a white collar company, uh white mm-hmm. collar industry. And I could write a book, and I probably will, uh, a memoir, self-publish that damn thing, about all the bullshit that happens behind the scenes uh, in this white-collar industry. And the same things that I hear, the same things that I see, the same moods and the same temperament is no different than high school and college was. Mm -hmm. And this is a white-collar industry. I don't care what job it is. As long as it's filled with people, it's going to be some bullshit that goes with it because people are the X factor, And that's one, that's just, that's just the longer short of it. Now, realistically, we have to stop putting these people on pedestals and expecting them to be all sunshine and rainbows and nothing's ever bad. Everything is all good. This is what it has to be. We have to stop saying that, you know, if you're not, not just good, but you have to be the best at being good before we're going to cancel you, um, for what, for whatever that's worth, we can't, we can't do that anymore. We have to be able to accept the people that are going to be people. So not every coworker is going to like each other. Not every boss is going to be super attentive. People pick favorites. People put people in boxes, people stereotype, people judge. That's what people do. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of the day, none of that shit really matters because the Reigns are (laughs) doing gangbusters. They broke a million again, which is a big deal for a lot of people. They were number one with a bullet on on TV. Granted, nothing else was on. I mean, their major competition in sports was the Little League World Series. Um, There isn't another national sporting event that was on TV last night. And and none of the major um, uh, fall shows are running because it's August. So... Yeah, they they crept over the one million mark again, and and good for them. Yeah, you know, they had a, a pretty monster show that was pretty high profile. Uh, the title unification match on TV for some reason. Uh, you had the trios match, which was which was highly regarded, uh, and then, you know, you know it was, it was a good crowd and a decent show and all so these other great things. Okay, cool. So it's with a lot of the other problems that plague AEW. For example, the women's division for all of the things about the women's division that I know that I've bitched at. I know that I've complained about. I know that I see, I know that I continue to see. Well, the show's still doing well. Tickets are still moving briskly. We're interested in it. We just spent 20 minutes talking about how we're interested in the pay-per-view because of the intrigue that they've built. And yet the albatross, you know, the you know buzzer, you know, circling the uh, carcass of AEW seems to be, well, it's a mess backstage. You know, there's nothing to see here, but things are blowing up behind me. I don't know if that really matters because number one, there really, aren't, there really are a lot more casual fans that are not plugged into the internet, that don't live on Reddit, that don't follow the YouTubers, that just watch a show, and then at 10.05, they turn it off. That's their business relationship with the, with the product. At 10 o'clock, they watch or DVR Rampage. At 11 o'clock, they go to bed. That's that's it. Now, when I hear somebody goes, oh, well, well, Sharron Sapsad said, well, you've already lost me. (laughs) You've already lost me because I don't care. The uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara thing. Well, that happened back on two weeks ago in Minneapolis at Quake by the Lake. Great name. That was the 10th of August their chiefs didn't really report anything till after Kingston's suspension was over and then the news broke.
0: And yeah, now so, suddenly it's like, oh by the way. <laughs> oh by the way.
1: Yeah, this happened. So it I mean so none of it really really truly matters. I mean, that was a thing that happened. That segment got cut from the uh, broadcast because it happened on rampage. Nobody knew for 2 weeks and then all of a sudden it made, the news got out and then now it's news and now we're talking about it. And at the end, and and honestly, by the end of this show, in in about twenty minutes, I'm going to fucking forget about it because it really doesn't <laughs> matter. It, yeah, there's so many other more important things to look forward to than to dwell on the fact that people are going to be people, and a guy who has, for his twenty-plus year career, been kind of a petty bastard is oh a petty bastard. B- backstage, <laughs> you know, cover be surprised. Well, there's this guy who's a bit of a prick, and he's kind of you know legitimately hated for being a prick with his hot Brazilian wife. Hmm. He's a bit of a prick backstage. (laughs) What color me surprised? You
0: mean to tell me these pro wrestlers have egos? I hear
1: (laughs) that the wrestler persona is actually them turned up to eleven. That's what I hear.
0: That's
1: what I hear. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy how art could imitate life. So the bottom line is, is that these are <laughs> criminally flawed individuals. I mean, these are people that throw themselves off of things into plywood for a living.
2: For many a year. Exactly. For, so
1: I mean, they're not that sharp. Career, I mean, they're they have been they have been doing bumps since they were since for fun, since they were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. Please don't try this at home. And now they're being prof- paid professionally to take these same bumps that have shattered their bodies over the course of their adult lives. That's not right. But, it's, but I'm sports entertained, so I don't really care. The bottom line is, is that uh, you know we need to stop putting these damn people on pedestals. We need to acknowledge the fact that people are flawed individuals, that they're going to be people. And honestly, things backstage can stay backstage. I don't need to know how the sauce is made. As Correct. long as the sauce is coming out palatable, dare I say, actually good, it can be the sauce. And and that's where I choose to leave it. I don't choose to delve too much further. Uh, you know, the kids won't know the struggle about calling the 900 number hotlines or, you know, down oh. in uh, New York because, you know, Don Tony DeBlasi had the uh, his hotline out of Brooklyn or, you know, WCW had their um, hotline out of Atlanta. Kids don't know the struggle. But, you know, that was also at work. I'm willing to let thing, I'm willing to let things be at work again and not know that somebody pie faced another guy because he didn't like what he said in his promo. Yeah. yeah. And, and also last point about this. Yeah, this is another promo that would have made air that got cut, which means that the fact that it made it to the live crowd, which luckily somebody recorded it on YouTube for you know for history's sake. Um it made it to the live crowd, which means that nobody Nobody involved from any of the producers, not Khan himself, certainly not Samir Guevara, thought that this was a bad idea. Right. Who thought it was a bad idea was Eddie Kingston, particularly in Sammy. Uh, he thought it was a bad idea and confronted them backstage about it. Now, okay, cool. Why did that happen in the first place? And that's. Kind of the bigger question that nobody seems to have an answer for. And that's not the first time that happened where something that made air should not have made air. And here we are wondering why.
0: Right. Which goes back to the, all the original talk of the structure and the communication behind the scenes. Like, as we said, Swole started talking about this in the spring. Here we are the, she doesn't here know we what are she's talking end- about. A
1: rampage yep. at nine o'clock. Damn it.
0: Yep. She can't wrestle.
1: So she can't, she can't wrestle. Know what's Hashtag going. rampage at 10
0: sour grapes, (laughs) sour grapes. So yeah, there ain't a, there is not a job, a work site anywhere in the world where there is not office drama. People working together are always not going to get along. That is not something unique to wrestling. That is something of any work environment. There is that some people just aren't going to like other people that are there and there's going to butt heads. Exactly. There is nothing unique about that. So Of course, there's backstage drama. Now, maybe there's more drama going on than there needs to be. Or maybe they were doing a better job of keeping stuff quiet before. I don't know. But part of this whole issue is, folks, there are people out there for whatever reason that when this company was created – in their head, it was going to be this wrestling utopia that was all <laughs> video games, video games getting played backstage, and everyone was going to make money and everyone was going to get along and be best buddies. Oh, and yeah. there was going to, they were going to show the world how it should be done, and everyone was going to get what they deserve, everyone going to be world champion and everything. And it's like it don't work like that.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair though, that kind of was the vision that we were being sold on. Uh, we were world. being sold on. No, I mean, we, we were being sold on. Look how diverse our roster is. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at the talent that we have. Uh, you know, Nyla Rose and Sunny Kiss are people that wouldn't get a push in other companies, and yet, well, okay, they're not getting a push now. But still, uh, at the time, we were being sold on the fact here. that we're going to be forward thinking and push these guys. That didn't happen. Um, you know, we're going to be forward thinking and have these Japanese women come over and push them. That stopped happening. Okay, we're going to be forward thinking and have. You know, all of these black and indigenous champions come over. Okay, we got two. So, I mean, we were sold one thing, but as the thing got more popular, which means the network got involved and advertisers got involved, it did have to shift back to the center. And last time I checked, I'm a minority. Damien is a smaller minority. How will. I mean that that's just what it is. I that's will. just what America is. And if you're selling to America, unfortunately, you're selling to Will, because him and his people are the majority in the country by a lot. So, it, you know that that's not you know that's not that doesn't have to mean anything. as a detriment. That's just numbers. And unfortunately, men of a particular age who make up the lion's share of the ratings makes up a lion's share of the advertising that are middle class white men from the from the Midwest once you see a particular thing, and that thing looks like Britt Breaker or Mandy Rose. So does that make it fair? Of course not. But this isn't a business based on equity. This is a business based on dollars or cents. And believe it or not, this whole thing started with, does it matter? Because they're still doing number one on Wednesdays. Right. They're still number one of the demo. Uh, there's a lot of hype for the game because of the presentation from the German thing uh, over the past uh, couple of days. People are interested in the pay per view. We're interested to a degree to, in the pay per view, and we're willing to ignore the bonfires, you know, that are a couple miles off in the distance because right now in front of us, they're giving us at least what we want to see. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys eat scrapple, but the bottom line is, is that you don't want to look at what the ingredients are. Right. <laughs> However, well, it's like sausage. You don't want to know how, yeah. how is it, it is made. It is the yeah. Yeah, so the Scrapple or Spam, if you're, you know, from the yep. West Coast, or you don't know it or you don't want to know what that's in there. Yeah. But if you fry it just right, it is delicious. <laughs> spam and go. eggs is delicious every single time. And I think <laughs> no that that's kind of where we are. In it. And obviously the ratings reflected is that all the bullshit that may or may not be happening, people either don't care or don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I think happened last night they, when the Acclaimed came out and they dropped a line in there about uh, the meet, the meeting backstage or mandatory meeting. Oh, yeah, that there got no, nothing. There was that no reaction.
1: No that got nothing.
0: That was the modern day version of when they did the reboot in WCW and they tried to have Eric Bischoff be all edgy and call out Sid for stabbing Arn Anderson years ago with scissors and no one reacted like the crowd was just like crickets because that was internet shit. That's like, you're, you're, you're so narrow casting by going to that. It's like, that's the one thing that's bothering me is like, this shit is like, it's only folks that are perpetually online, hardcore fans talking about it. And that is not how they're going to grow this company by going down that road. There's, you have those people, you have them. They're going to turn, tune in every week and buy the pay-per-view already. So you do not need to, go in that direction to get them. You already have them. So, so focus then, on the bigger picture out there. Of so that brings me to good point, point.
1: Yeah. And I guess we'll we will have to cover this at a later time. But then how do you grow the brand? Because they already have a, a chunk of the wrestling section of the internet that's already bought in. They have people like me that you know were, have bought in from the beginning and out of lack of a better mainstream option have stuck with it for, for by and large. But that's still obviously they are peaking at one ish. They are redlining at one ish million people.
0: They've been at this level for a year and a half.
1: So it it wasn't CM Punk. It wasn't Brian Danielson. It wasn't anybody not named them. Uh, You know, they have been redlining at one ish million people, 1.05 million people. How do you get past that number into the 1.5s or so? Um, And then I guess the bigger question is who are they looking for? Because at first it was the laps fan. Uh, and then it was the the indie enthusiast. Well, who's left? Because to be fair, WWE's numbers are, are not necessarily growing, you know, but they have a different problem. AEW has room to grow. WWE may actually not. But who are they looking for? And I guess that's, that's actually table that for next week because I think that that is kind of like three years in. Are they bumping their heads against the ceiling or are they not, you know, digging for the right wrestling oil? in the right place yeah that's a
2: whole other conversation conversation, but we can also just talk about since the title match the market of the of the female fan seems as if it's not appreciated the female wrestling fan in general is not appreciated because how often do we get a women's match one per show and now instead of getting thunder rosa versus Britt baker now we're getting a fatal four way with slap it together yeah slap together (laughs) haters sheeta uh brit oh. who's the fourth one
1: the, um uh it's hater Sheeta, um baker tony storm. and jamie hitter tony storm tony storm yeah uh, baker, Shida, right hater, storm, yeah. so so uh.
2: long story short this is a vehicle to put the belt either back on brit yeah or tony storm uh. and and we talked about after the initial tony storm debut not really much going on aside from she debuted has an OnlyFans and started a team with Thunder Rosa. So...
1: Well, well you let me, well, me share this then. Because we saw the same thing happen with Keith Lee and Strickland. Uh, right. yeah, both of them came in with much fanfare, uh, you know, much pomp, and then it happened. The, the luster wore off and like, okay, tag team. Well,
2: uh, we wait. talked about that. How many times does the initial pop and then nothing going to keep going before they fix it. So,
1: well, that's the thing. Mm. And because we saw that with Thunder Rosa and not Rosa, we saw that with, um, uh, Keith Soho. we saw that with Ruby Soho. That's what I'm thinking of. We saw that, uh, we're seeing that now with Tony storm, you know, that seems to be like, okay, you're good for a month. And then, you know, you kind of fall back you gotta into find the bubble a place for you. Yeah. yeah. You fall back into that lower midcard bubble and then, and then, and, and nobody wants to be a champion. So we don't even have like a path for you forward because everybody should be challenging Jay, but Jay doesn't work anymore because they kind of pull the parachute on her, uh, meteoric rise. I mean, she went up and up, and then now she's plateaued at like 35, 36 ish wins in a row. And we thought she was going to be 200 and 0 by now. I mean, where's the Goldberg <laughs> number? Where's the Goldberg number?
0: Yeah, the momentum, just like the like the audience, it's just, it, it got to a level. And it's just stopped. It's not dropped, but it's not going up anymore. It's just
1: there. But it's also the thing with the women's division. And I know, you know, as fans of women's wrestling in general, um, I don't think it's the fact that people can't give a shit about women's wrestling. For example, case in point, and I will will take this to the grave. Last Monday on Elevation, uh, if you didn't watch it, actually a really good match. But there was a tag match between um, it was Sheeta... And uh, Sky Blue versus Emi Sakura and Maki Ito.
2: Maki Ito. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Uh, good match. TV-worthy match. It should have been on Dynamite easily, especially considering that Dynamite started off with a 17-minute promo from CM Punk. Why couldn't they have had that You know, pretty damn good um, eight-minute-long um, match and cut promos, uh, Punk's promo in half? Beyond me. But either way, that's a thing. So we have that match. We don't have it on on TV. We have it on YouTube. Uh, they're given the time to do a thing, and then at the end of the match, Emi Sakura challenges Sheeta for her Regina De Wave Championship. So wait a minute. We have a women's championship. We have a TBS championship. But Sheeta had to go to Japan, win a belt, come back, and immediately start a feud herself with Emi <laughs> Sakura for the Japanese championship for pro, for, for pro wrestling wave. Because the two belts that we have, nobody's doing anything with and nobody wants them. Obviously they're building up to Jade and Athena. Don't get me wrong. And we didn't know that Thunder Rosa would be, um, you know, hurt before her match with uh, whoever was going to be at the pay-per-view. But that's not the way it should be. We shouldn't be fishing for uh, storylines on YouTube. She just shouldn't be taking 15 hour flights back to Japan <laughs> So that she can, and, you know, come back with some relevancy. That's bullshit. We know.
0: Honestly, at at this point, frankly, that show does not need any more belts of any sort. No. There should be no more belts on the, these shows. There, there's too many as it is from these outside
1: companies, and nobody's doing so, anything with them. No, and that's that's that, that's, a, of, that's a whole nother. It issue. doesn't
2: build intrigue, exactly. If you're right. bringing in a, an outside belt from a promotion, ninety percent of your fan base has never heard of. Why bother bringing it in the first place? Right.
1: And then the on top time. of that, there's still women, which is behind the eight ball anyway, because Netbears from the Midwest doesn't give a shit in advance. Because yeah. women in wrestling has been presented as your Sables, your Sunnies, your Miss Hancocks, your Cats, uh, and I'm sure, you know, Sensational Sherry's and, uh, and so, so much. I'm not saying that that's bad. Good on them for doing that. However, people, we need more Lufistos and less Cherry Bombs. Yes, both of them are talented wrestlers. Hey, good, good on them for that. And I don't care how you make it. If, if you're getting over it, then you're getting over. But if we're going to put some respectability into women's wrestling, we need to change the perception of it. And unfortunately, the perception is, you know, uh, you know, dirty debutante. It's not worth it. No. And, and realistically, it's still not worth it because even if they did win the demo, um, the male demo is more important than AEW than the women's demo is, so you get one segment It's five minutes, get your shit in
0: <laughs> A topic to revisit down the road That's yeah. for sure As an ongoing evolution of all elite wrestling Alright, let's change gears here Before we take it home for the night To the World Wrestling Entertainment And Raw this past week Because the Triple H experiment continues The returns continue And we had a big one this week And I I think the biggest story to me for for this return on Monday was the small miracle that took place that no one leaked a damn thing about it. There was no there was no hint that this was happening in Toronto this past Monday. But in case you've been living under a rock, Johnny Gargano returned this Monday on Raw and not a damn person knew it was coming. It, it 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 was pretty damn remarkable, and there was no tease of it during the show. They in the third hour, they just randomly came back from commercial, and what do you know? Rebel Heart just came on, and out walks Johnny Gargano, just out of the blue. And in a lot of ways, I think I think that in, in of itself was just like made for a hell of a damn moment because it was just like it's not too often you get like the complete out of left field. Surprise like that with no kind of hint that it's hell. If anything, this week there was more people thinking he was probably going to be on AEW since they were in Congrats Cleveland, in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. so it was a complete curveball. It's like if anyone was thinking of him this week, it was Wednesday, definitely not Monday. But here we are, he's back. It was absolutely NXT Johnny Gargano to the hilt. He mentioned the baby, he talked up his accomplishments in NXT and had a little run in with a uh, old theory. The briefcase was involved, a super kick, and he's off to the races. But he's back in WWE and clearly not going anywhere else. So, Damian, let's go to you first. I guess the big thing is your thoughts on Johnny Gargano. And now that we know he's back in WWE, and I guess in the big picture, how how much does this mean? Because he was definitely one of those indie guys that was, there was a lot of talk about him going elsewhere. There was definitely a lot of talk that he was a coveted guy along the lines of Adam Cole. That, like, is he going to go anywhere? It, it's probably going to happen. And, of course, there was a baby being born in the meantime. But now here we are. He's back. So, thoughts?
2: First off, shout out to my friend, Wade Ilson, who's a huge Johnny Gargano fan. I know he was probably crying when Rebel Heart hit, you know, probably hugged his dog and all this other stuff. So, you got what you wanted. Uh, number two, I don't really care. Here's why. <laughs> not, not, to, not to borrow that line, but this is the... This is the epitome of what people wanted Triple H to do when he took over. To bring in someone that would not be considered a Vince McMahon guy or gal and then say, you know what? We're going to give you a prime coming back from commercial spot to pop a wrestling crowd. Because Toronto is traditionally a wrestling crowd, not so much a sports entertainment crowd. They absolutely
0: knew who he was. He got a huge reaction.
2: If this would have been like Pawtucket, I don't know if somebody would have, you know, <laughs> known who Johnny Gargano was. Damn, that but, Rhode Island. But the fact that Rebel Heart blared, it took people a beat, and then everybody just started screaming before the piped-in music or the piped-in sound effects. So, if anything, this is, again, showing that Triple H is really truly in charge, unless it's just meant to pop somebody fine, because we talked about it well on on Twitter, where if this is a means to get the briefcase off theory, yes, then yes, I'm okay for this. (laughs) If this is another vehicle to inevitably lead us to DIY Fights Part 721, please leave that in NXT. But (laughs) I'm curious to see with the new signing of Johnny Gargano, now that we have Champa with The Miz, someone who's a more established sports entertainer, the re-intervention, the reinvention of, of, of Kevin Owens, the prize fighter, Sammy D- Zayn taking bullets for Roman. Where will Johnny fall into this? Because he's not the ideal size, obviously. He doesn't have like a, a, a ripped body, a ripped physique. He used to at some points, but, you know, he's kind of had a dad bod probably about now. So after we do the initial pop, is this strictly a vehicle to get the briefcase off theory? Now, I'm all for it, like we said, but in the the grand scheme of things, except for maybe two or three people on Twitter, after next week, is it really going to matter? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I'll make it quick. Um, I'm not really a fan of Johnny Gargano in any way. Um, I think that his NXT run did more harm than good for his legacy coming out of the indies into WWE. Um, So but I do think that it will be interesting to see what he does on a bigger stage with a bigger platform, with a bigger presentation, a bigger budget. Um, And obviously where he fits in, because, you know, we talked about his size. We talked about, you know, whatever. I I do think that he could be, you know, on a Daniel Bryan-esque trajectory. But I also think that he could be on a Ricochet-esque trajectory. Uh, obviously both of those guys are talented and and definitely well regarded before they got to wwe but one one of the definitely different directions than the other so it is what it is um with the crowd and i think it was smart to to bring him back in toronto uh largely because a he can cross the border um because he's vaccinated uh b he uh is it is a pretty you know indie uh knowledgeable crowd because they do have some pretty prominent indies and i know that i've seen him um, up there in, in Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, so you know people know who he is. And also, I think that as Triple H appeals to a younger audience, uh, he's more likely to get people to watch that used to watch NXT and that are reinvigorated with Raw because they remember Triple H's version of NXT. So if you like that, then you probably like him. Then you probably like him on Raw. So it kind of fits into Triple. All of these signings, all of these uh, signings are reimaginings. Uh, kind of fit into Triple H's vision, which, for by and large, worked for a long time on NXT. Unfortunately, uh, AEW was kind of the nail in the coffin for NXT. And yes, even before AEW, NXT was starting to stumble a bit. Takeovers didn't just hit the same. It was what it was. So I hope that this newer version of whatever um, Raw and SmackDown tend to be continues going along. Because uh, to be fair, I do think that uh, Triple H was not playing with a full box of crayons as more crayons were taken away from him by Vince in the end of the NXT right. Black and Gold days. Um, as it relates to Gargano, eh, I'm not particularly interested, but I don't have a reason to be uh, because his name isn't the key to lines. But also, um, and this is the most Im- important thing, is that uh, where does he factor into all of this? And is does this usher in a new wave of these... 2018-esque champions that aren't built like a Walter or a uh, Brock or a Cena or a Roman uh, is finally, for the first time in 75 years, um, the biggest dude on Venice Beach, not the champion. And I'm not saying that Gargano is championship material, but I am saying that they may be moving away from that build of a Roman, from Bruno or San Martino to Roman Reigns, They've always kind of looked and fit the same silhouette. Gargano doesn't, but he had a hell of a run in NXT. And I'm willing to bet money that he's probably going to have a similar trajectory because Triple H likes him in WWE. And if that means championships on a national stage, is that audience ready for that? Because this is also a more casual audience. We're talking 2.3, 2.5 million people. Well, only half a million of those watch NXT. So... There's 2 million people that, that, that aren't used to this. right? And I think that that's going to be, yeah. w- what will those growing pains look like and how will Gargano factor into itself? So. Um, and, and, and it could be interesting. But yeah, if they bring up Nikita, I watch every uh, every week. <laughs> I will,
2: I will, I will give NXT credit uh, for tying up loose ends with Legato, fantasma getting picked up yep. by Santos, you know, and they riding on into the main roster. Index and reunion. Index reunion, and and Loomis getting arrested by the cops outside the performance center. I give them credit for tying up those storylines, and then leading to the main roster. So. I mean, the Miz got kidnapped last week, and we still don't know where the Miz is. So, hey, tune in Monday to find out.
0: There's definitely been more attention to detail. That's definitely something I think we can we can attribute Correct. to the Triple H there so far, is that there's more I's getting dotted and T's getting crossed that might have been being missed before. Now, as far as Johnny Gargano goes, Lord knows – I was so completely over him in NXT.
2: And as we <laughs> talked about were.
0: before, the <laughs> damn log jam they had at the top with him and Champa and the Undisputed Era, I was completely over that crap for the longest time. I will give him this. Him showing up after, you know, it's only, it hasn't been that long of a break, maybe six months, because it was the end of last year that he left to go on his little uh, sabbatical his contract was up before the baby was born so he has not been really gone that long maybe six months or so six seven months probably um i was happy to see him in a different environment and even i was completely over him but you know what i look at it like this now there are so many fresh matchups between raw and smackdown for him now that he's out of nxt it's like okay There is a ton of stuff that can be done with him that will be fresh, that will be different. And so all I care about right now is like, keep him the hell away from Champa. Don't do anything with those two together. Keep them far, far apart. And maybe in two years, you go, go back to that. (laughs) But right now that is the last thing I want to see is anything involving those two. You got plenty of people he can work with. Assuming he's going to be on raw, There's tons of stuff he can do there. There's tons of fresh matchups. So for the first time in a long time, I want to see what he's going to do. And Jamal made a damn good point that essentially he needs to be reintroduced. Now that starting this week, it's like, okay, you had the perfect debut for him where he came out and he looked like a star and he was reacted to like a star. Now you got to run with that and be like, okay, for all the folks who haven't watched NXT, for all the folks who may only seen him once or twice over the last couple of years. Now you got to sell them. You got to sell the main roster. You got to sell the kids on. Here's why you should care about this guy. I think the idea Jamal dropped about Daniel Bryan, that might be the perfect role for him with Daniel Bryan, not around of the smaller, technically good undersized guy who's got the, the fighting heart and won't give up and all this. And that might be the role for him since there's no Daniel Bryan around for that role right now. Maybe that's where you plug Johnny Gargano in. We'll see. But for the first time in a long time, I want to see what's up with him. So that's, that's a plus right there. So that's, that's where we stand right now for me with Johnny Gargano, which is Lord knows six months ago. I would have told you he can. he could, Whatever. I don't give a damn. So it's progress. I'll give it that. So folks, I think we did it. It's another week. We untangled a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know where we'll be to come next Wednesday, but I don't Okay, quick before we go. Do you think we'll have, do you think we'll know the main event of all out by next Wednesday night? No, when we come on the air. No. Next no. You don't think we will.
1: No, okay. I think they want to save that for rampage.
0: Oh, okay. So you think they're going to go right down to the wire. I Not think they're going like to go right down to the it.
1: wire. Um, I think they've held their for too. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would do. I, I would I would keep it right down, right down to the last second, ten fifty five. Okay. I'll,
0: I'll take the other version and say by the end of Dynamite we know what the main event is, just because that's the biggest audience they have. But we'll see. Next Thursday night we will we'll see who's right and who's wrong, and either it'll still be a work in progress or we'll know what the roadmap in front of us says. But either way. Folks, Thursday night, 8 p.m., it's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast right here live. And then the next day, dropping on all podcast platforms. Link goes up around 10 a.m. or so. Can always be found on our Twitter feed, at Big Gold Belt. Of course, at Big Gold Belt on all social media to check out all the wrestling, Comic-Con coverage. You name it, it's all over the place. 2 Chain's not here tonight, so... He's always got, God the interviews, the interviews on the damn YouTube and all that between every narna sci-fi property in the world, <laughs> it seems. So Big Gold Belt, your one stop shop for all kinds of wrestling, comics, movies, etc. So, folks, next Thursday night, we will see you then. Thanks for joining us. And we'll check you guys out next week with a brand new episode. Talk to you later. Oh,